Open up your Bibles with me to Ephesians 4.17. I think you're going to really enjoy the way I can apply this message to mothers as we get something out of it today. Everybody say, folly versus wisdom. Thank you. If you had a choice between being stupid or being smart, what would you choose? If you had the choice between being a fool or a wise person, what would you choose? Now, would you be a wise guy, a wise guy, or would you be a wise person? Yeah, the wise guy is kind of that, that smart aleck, but we want to be wise. We want to be smart. It's a no-brainer. So what we should be able to do is look to the Word of God and find our example. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Those of you who are new, we welcome you. Hope that you keep coming with us. We're going through the entire book of Ephesians, and uh, we're in chapter 4 now. The first four chapters we like to call the heavenly-minded goodies. If you haven't been here, go back and check out those messages online. They're there for your pleasure on, on your own time for free. And now we're into the earthly good, because people used to say, you can be so heavenly-minded, you can't be of earthly good. That's not true. Jesus was so heavenly-minded, he changed the earth for good. If you have the right mindset, you can have the right behavior. And so as we've built the foundation with the Apostle Paul through the chapters there in the heavenly-minded goodies, now we're at the earthly good. And one of the main parts about the earthly good is Christian living. And let me encourage you, once we're done with this, we're going to go to instructions on family and the job. So keep coming throughout the summer, and then we'll get into spiritual warfare. Everybody go, ooh, yes, spiritual warfare will be awesome. Here's the list on instructions for Christian living. We're going to read through them right now. If you've been a part of our church for the last few weeks, you've heard me read this passage. We're right here at 13 and 14, and we're combining them together. And next week, I'll probably do 15, 16, and 17 together. And so you'll see this list come out today. But what I want to do to add uh, just a little special twist to it is show you how it applies to mothers. Because guess what? Mothers can use the Word of God and apply it to their children. So they have to be instructed. Where do mothers get so smart? Where do they get to learn? all that stuff, right? Well, mothers should learn it from the Word of God. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 17. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. How many of you had good mothers that said, I'm not going to let you be like everybody else? How many of you are mothers like that today? See, that comes from, that comes from the apostle right here. He insisted on it. Hey, I don't care what they do down the road. As for you, this is what you're going to do. Sometimes you might have saw your friends out playing at the playground and you said, I want to go. And your mom said, no, you're going to do your homework. That's how we do it here. Or somebody might have said, well, they, you know, their parents let them watch these kinds of movies. How many of you had parents that said, no, you can't watch those here? And that's a good thing. And the Bible teaches us that way, that we should not be like the Gentiles. In other words, the non-Christians. There should be a difference in the way we think and the way we live. Look at this. The non-Christian is darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to the hardening of their hearts. They've lost all sensitivity. They've given themselves over to uh, indulge in every kind of impurity, and they're full of greed. How many of you had mothers that taught you to share? They said sharing is caring, something like that, right? How many of you had mothers that taught you to stay pure and to do the right thing? You see, these are the things that mothers are to do with their children, and not just mothers, obviously, all of us. But look at how this applies to Mother's Day. Mothers, we teach our children to not be greedy and to share and to be pure. And look at verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ, were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. So we we weren't taught to be impure. We were taught to be pure. Now, I don't know about you, but I had a mom that when she showed up to the principal's office, she didn't take the principal's side. I know some of you had parents that all you know, came their guns blazing, ready to defend you. Not my parents. Literally, when they got called into the principal's office, my mom was like, did you spank them? Because if not, I'm going to spank them. I went to a private school for till fourth grade, and I got spanked by my principal. And I know for a fact that when I was there, my mom would point right at me and say, now you were taught better than that. You were taught not to act like that. Did anybody have a mom like that? Come on. Am I alone here today? You see, that's what Paul said. Hey, if I ever see you, Paul's saying it in other words, if I ever see you act greedy, if I ever see you think like a non-Christian, if I ever see you be impure, I can tell you, Ephesus people, you people from the 
city of Ephesus is where the book of Ephesians comes from. He's saying, I can tell you were taught differently. You know better. And that's what we as parents teach our children. We teach them the right way, and if they do it the wrong way, we say, you know better. And even to Bible college, I was a little sassy, you know, and I would get in trouble with the professors, and these were like southern gentlemen. These were like really uh, proper people, and they, they asked my mom a serious question, and some of you guys have heard the story. They asked my mom really seriously, did you spank him enough when he was a kid? Because I think he could have used some more spankings. I mean, they literally asked my Bible college professors that. And my mom said, listen, if spanking would have made him an angel, he would be an angel by now. He got spanked all the time. And you see, that's how I was raised. Now, sometimes people call that child abuse. Listen, I don't uh, affirm child abuse in any kind of way, but I think you know what I'm talking about, that old school way of disciplining. And I'll tell you what, I was taught differently. And if you're here today, and I know some people have moms that were like my friend's moms that used to let us get drunk at their house and give us weed, and I wish my mom was more like that mom. Y'all looking at me crazy. Y'all don't know crazy moms then. I used to leave my house to go to my friend's house because his mom and dad would give me drugs as a teenager, and then they would give me alcohol. And I used to think to myself, well, I wish I had those kinds of parents, but now I don't. Come on, somebody. So, So listen to me. Even if you grew up in a house that wasn't done the right way, hear this today as an encouragement to do your house right. I've seen young people in our church, two, uh, one of my young people had to bury both their parents because of drug-related overdoses, and now today she has her master's degree, she's a social worker, and she has a beautiful family. You can set a different pattern, so don't get mad at me because I'm talking about the way it should have been, okay? So even if you got a little regret here today, if you're in the land of the living, repent, make it right, and do it different. And if you weren't a good mom, be a good grandma. amen? Okay, so that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. What were we as Christians taught? Look at verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to put uh, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. How many of you had a mom that told you to put on a different attitude? <laughs> Come on. Did anybody have a mom to say, hey, you better go back up there and put on a different attitude before you come back down here, or you better change the way you're looking because you look like you need a spanking right now. That all comes from the Bible. And you may even say, Pastor, my parents didn't even go to church, or my mom didn't go to church. Yeah, but it's God's gift to the human race to make moms and dads like this. This is the good way of being a mom and dad. And so even the Bible says the wicked, they know how to be good moms and dads at times because they do it because the nature that God gave them to take care of their kids. In other words, Jesus said, even if a man's a sinner, but his child asks for bread, he doesn't give him a serpent. He gives him bread. And we know these things by nature because God made us in his image even though we've sinned. And I think about taking off the old and putting on the new as every time I watch my wife do our laundry, she takes our old and makes it new again. How many are happy for mothers doing that? Now, I'm not saying that a man can't do it. If you want the man to do it, that's fine. Y'all work that out in your marriage. But most of us still are in homes where the wife or the mother does these things. And think about that as a blessing every time you put on new clothes. And that's the exact illustration that Paul gives us as your attitude should be. You should take off that old stinky been playing in the park, you smell like a wet puppy attitude, and put on the new you. Because listen to me, fam. You look much better with Christ on you. You look much better with the attitude of Jesus. I'm thankful for good mothers. Now watch this right here. We were created in the new self once we're born again Christians to be made like God in true righteousness and holiness. And now there's not, you know, not everybody can look like their mom, but I have some attributes that come directly from my mom. Check this out. I have more gray hair than my dad. I do. You know why? Because I gray early like my mom. My mom started graying in her 30s. My dad is cool, calm, and collective. I can count on one time <laughs> that he's raised his voice. What, what, listen, my mom, on the other hand, what most people call yelling, my mom calls talking, okay? And so who do you think I take after in that way, right? And so not only are we to look at our earthly parents and take after things, and that's why we as parents have to be good parents, so they take after the good and not the bad, We need to look to God and take on his attributes. And how are we made like God? We are made righteous and holy. 
Isn't that beautiful to think of yourself that way? As a king's kid, as a king's kid, you're righteous, you're holy. And the Bible says it like this, when you were born again, you were born through the womb of the Spirit. So the first time you were born, you got a physical body that represented your parents' DNA, but now through the womb of the Spirit, you represent the Father and the Son's DNA, amen? Therefore, each one of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. How many of you had a mom that taught you not to lie? Come on, look at verse 6. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. How many of you have a good mom that teaches you or has taught you not to let your anger take over? Come on, come on. These are the beautiful things that mothers, and listen, this is for everybody, but I want to show you how it applies to mothers. Anyone who steals must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. How many are good mothers here today? All these mothers, and you teach your children not to steal. See, these are the things of God. Why does this come naturally to us as parents? Just look at that paragraph right there. Many of you have been a part of the church for the last few weeks. You've heard me read it over and over and over again. Aren't you getting it right now new and afresh as you think about it as a parent? I mean, let's be honest. I just had people in the first service, literally leaders of our church, come up to me and go, I never saw this as a parent. Where do you think parents get their training from? We're supposed to get it from the scriptures. God didn't give us 10 suggestions or 10 opinions. He gave us 10 commandments. And so every time a mother teaches not to lie, she's doing something that God wants her to do. That's a wonderful thing. Every time my mom told me to watch my temper or to not steal and to share, that's the things of God. And that's the way we should all be. Can I hear an amen for that? How about this? Verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, and it may benefit those who listen. How many of you had a mom that taught you how to talk? She's going to tell you how to talk right. Can anybody go back old school? I'm 41. Can anybody go back old school enough and remember getting some soap in the mouth? I got soap in the mouth. I'm telling you the truth. My mom took a bar of soap and washed it all up in my mouth to teach me how to talk. Parents, you teach your children how to talk, and we need to do it the right way. Don't just say, do as I say and not as I do, because if they hear you curse and then they get in trouble for cursing at school, come on. They're just following what they have as an example. Teach them the right way. Look at verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of mom. Because with the mama not being happy, ain't nobody going to be happy. Isn't it something that the Holy Spirit and the mom are so similar? Look at this. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I literally believe, not that the Holy Spirit is feminine, all three persons of the Godhead are masculine, but it says that male and female were made in his image, so that must means that the feminine attributes of a woman come from God, okay? And he doesn't have to be a hermeprodite or a cross-dresser. It just means whatever makes a woman a woman, it came from the, the source of God, right? So he relates to every part of a woman. As a matter of fact, scriptures have him using feminine examples. Jesus says, I am like a mother hen wanting to gather you in. Very similar to the words you heard from Christina today. But think about this. The Bible says, you grieve the Holy Spirit, you're going to feel it on the inside. Doesn't that relate to mom? You mess with mom, you're going to feel it. You're going to know something's wrong. Because here's the thing, something's wrong with dad. What does dad do? What do I do? I go fishing, I'll see you all in five hours. Something's wrong with mom. Mom just can't get up and go. Mom's still got to put away the dishes and we all going to hear it. Mom's still got to put down that casserole or whatever on the table. You're going to know mama's not happy, right? And so keep mama happy. And what's the illustration here? Keep the Holy Spirit happy by how you live. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, sadden the Holy Spirit by your sin. When I sinned, I, break, I broke my mom's heart. My mom represented to me the heart of God when I would sin. And this goes back even to if your mom wasn't a Christian praying for you like my mom was. You knew, those of you here who got in trouble in school, who did wrong things, you saw the heartbreak you caused your mom right? Father's Day's coming up, man. We'll get there for us in a minute. But let's just talk about moms here, right? And there's no love like a mom's love. There is no love. Look at what it says, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. This is literally my wife's job every single day in our backyard. <laughs> they have malice for each other. They brawl with each other. They get bitter towards each other. They slander and point fingers at each other. Come on, moms. Have you had to do this before? 
And now look at it. Tell me, just, just, I'm not even trying to read into this. When, when, when pastors read into scriptures, it's called eisegesis. It's called breaking the rules of interpretation. You ask me, uh, you, you answer this as I ask you a question. Am I breaking the rule of interpretation when I say verse 32 reminds me of the best kinds of moms in the world? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. I don't know a better person to apply that to than a mother. Mothers are the most kind and compassionate people I have ever met on the planet, and they forgive their children like nobody else I have ever seen forgive. My dad put up his dukes and was ready to punch me in the mouth one time. I'm telling you, but my mom still forgave me. Are you listening? I mean, what the love of a mother, most of the time, who, go, who goes and visits people in prison? Mothers. Most of the time, who sticks with them to the very end at the deathbed? Mothers. I'm not saying fathers, we're not there. Now listen, I'm, I'm one of the best fathers you ever meet. I'm just saying what my wife does for children and what I have watched mothers do over the years, it is just a greater love. It is just a greater manifestation of it. I see their patience and their kindness literally as an example to us of God. And so we should be thankful for them. And look at verse 1. Amen. Give it up for the mothers. Praise God. Thank you. Follow God's example. See, follow God's example. See, we all follow God's example, and mothers, when you do it, it makes it so easy for children to grow up in a peaceful home. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. I know Father's sacrifice. We'll get to Father's Day. But I'm telling you what, how many of you see your mothers walk in the way of love, sacrificing their life for their children? And that's just like Jesus. That is just like Jesus. So every time a mother lays down her life for her children, she's doing just what Jesus would want her to do. And every time we as children, think about even just the example, children, there in the Bible. Families come from God, okay? This is not a stretch. This is beautiful. Every time you hear the, 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 the Scriptures talk to us as children, it is not just a fatherly kind of love. It is also God the Father loving us in a feminine, motherly way in a gentle, soft, kind way. Like I said in those examples, you can, as a matter of fact, go to Psalm 91, under the wings of the Lord, the shelter of the Most High, I'll abide. That's using those feminine titles there that like a mother hen, he's watching over us. And so he's taking care of us. And now let's look at verse 3 and see if we had any good mothers to teach us not to do these things. But among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Any of your moms teach you to have sex before you were married and just said, hey, here you go, here's a condom. No, most of our mom said, don't do that, right? Any moms tell you to be impure? No. Did any mom teach you to be greedy? Did any mom tell you to be unholy? No. Mothers, like the scriptures, teach us to be sexually pure and not do these things because sexual immorality and purity, greed, these are improper for God's holy people. Look at verse 4. These are teenage kids that moms have to deal with. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. How many of you as teenagers Teenagers had moms say, you better stop talking like that. That's not funny. We don't laugh at that. Why? Because they understood what obscene was. I say it like this. All the dudes, look up at me, please. Let's honor our mothers and our wives by not having conversations away from them that they would be ashamed of us if they were with us. So that means, men, we shouldn't talk about women in such a way that if our mother heard us talk about women that way, she would be ashamed of us. Okay, I don't care how old you are, what you call locker room talk. We should honor and esteem women of all kinds. Amen? Whether they're our boss women, whether they're our friend women, or a woman walking down the beach. Amen? We shouldn't be impure. We shouldn't be those things. And let me just say this, but rather Thanksgiving. How many know mothers teach us to be thankful? Mothers teach us to be thankful. We have a lot of crafty moms in here. We have a lot of moms that make little, uh, make, make something out of little to nothing. And mothers teach us that. I know fathers, you're frugal too, don't get me wrong. But it's, it's something about a mother going back into leftovers in the refrigerator and making another meal that just blesses me every time. It's something about that. And God's saying we always need to remember that and be thankful. And look at verse 5, because judgment does come, and I think moms need to remind us of judgment and be tough on things, because it says, for of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Once again, how many of you had parents that told you not to hang out with certain people? Come on. 
I got to tell on Juan over here, the guy that's going to be taking our photography today. His mom had to run it. She ran up to me after the service, and she said, you won't even believe what I did as a mom to make sure my son would not hang out with people that I didn't want him to be around. One time, I actually hid his car. She got in the car while he was sleeping. This is what your mom told me. Went down the block, hid the car so he didn't know where it was. And when he woke up, he said, I got to go, mom. I got to go to this party. She said, nope, God told me you're not supposed to go. You're not supposed to do this. She told me he literally, this was three years ago, by the way, she said, he as a grown man, as a young adult, literally got on his hands and knees and cried to his mother and said, let me know where my car's at. And I told her in all seriousness, I told her in all seriousness, you don't know what you spared him from. Because I had a friend in high school who went to church, gave his heart to Jesus, and his friends talked him into going to one more party. And at that party, was in the woods. They talked him into taking drugs one more time. And high on drugs, he walked off a cliff he didn't see. And they found his body a week later. I said, you have no idea what you spared him from. So once again, be happy for crazy moms, okay? We'll call them godly moms, but you know what I'm saying. They're crazy too. And my mom was just like that. My mom, to- my mom told me that God told her to check my pockets and look for drugs when I was lying and living at home. And she literally went to my pockets, and there was nothing in there because I was smart enough not to come with you know, loads of it in my pocket. But she literally went right to the lint and found that I was lying to her. And I told you, like I said before, I used to get so angry. Mom, why are you doing that? But now I thank God for a mom like that. So be thankful for mothers like that. For once you were darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. How many have moms today that these are the three things they want for your life? They want you to be good. They want you to do what's right. And they want you to know the truth. Where do you think good moms got that from? That's from God. God wants you to be good. God wants you to be right. And God wants you to know what's true. And find out what pleases the Lord. The Bible says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. Everything that's illuminated becomes a light. Look at verse 14. And this is why it said, wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. How does that apply to mothers? Who wakes us up most of the time? Mothers. How many of you grown men still have the mother of your house, your wife, wake you up? I'll embarrass myself. I still do. This morning, who woke me up? It was my wife and kids. My kids come in first. Dad, dad, it's time to wake up. So that's the good buffer for me. So I'm like, what? You know? So my, my, my wife sends in the little children. And then who comes in as backup when I don't get up 15 minutes later? It's my wife. Literally, you want a mother to wake you up. Come on, somebody. You don't want your dad, and certainly not a dad like me. My kids fall asleep, and while we're watching movies, I put a video camera on them so I can laugh at them later. I mess with them. I tell them, get up, son. Come on, let's go. He's stumbling up the stairs. Nancy, even pregnant, will try to pick up our six-year-old and go, come on, let's take you to bed. I'm tucking you. And I'm like, what you doing with them? You know? See, you want mothers to be gentle with you and wake you up. And that's what the Bible says Christ does for us. He doesn't force you to get up and serve him because the illustration is here. We're sleeping in sin and Christ wakes us up. So he doesn't come and flash a bright light in our, light, in our eyes, you know, bang like they do in military pots and pants. No, God says, come on. Let's wake up just like a mother. My, mother. my wife picks up our children from naps. I'll come home and I'll be like, why is she on you right now? She just woke up from a nap and I want her to take her time getting up. Literally yesterday. That's not what fathers do. Fathers put them outside, especially when it's cold, and say, wake up. But I'm cold. Just wake up. You'll feel better. That's what I did yesterday to the kids waking up from a nap. But she was nurturing. Let's read verses 15, 16, and 17 together. One, two, three. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Thank you. This is our message today on Mother's Day. Is that a dink? No, that's probably the greatest advice a mother can ever give their children. Be careful. Be careful. You know, you can die quicker now than any time before. 
My dad at his church, they already lost the teenagers. And we don't know for sure if they were distracted driving, but they were driving. The whole car died. Everybody in the car except for one. I believe two of them died. My friends, if your parents are telling you, I want to speak to young adults, don't text while you drive. That's, that's reality. You can die quick in this culture. You can have mistakes happen at parties that you never thought uh, would happen to you. Get shot, take drugs. That, you know, sometimes people take drugs and their body reacts to it and they die the very first time they take it. And this is the advice, right, of good parents. Be careful how you live. A lot of us want, especially moms, you know, want their children to be safe going away to college. College is one of the dangerous places to send your children. I do college ministry. I've been to U of I many times. It's a dangerous place. They can make decisions there that affect their life. But the Bible gives mothers the foundation for their advice. Be careful how you live. Don't be unwise. Don't be stupid. Don't embarrass us. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Know the will of the Lord. And look at verse 18. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to each other with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. You know what? It doesn't say that you can't drink a little wine. It just says don't get drunk on wine. And all the women, all the mothers said, amen. Aren't you happy for a little wine at the end of the day, right? A little wine. But the Bible says, mom, don't get drunk on that wine. You may want to knock yourself out because of the day you just went through. Maybe you worked a long, hard day. You had a long day at work, long day with the kids. You just want to kick back the whole bottle. No, don't get drunk because there's nothing uglier than a mom that's drunk and then mom getting a fight with another mom that's drunk, especially at a family party. We don't want to see the claws come out, moms, okay? So don't y'all be getting wild with each other now. You know what I'm talking about. Mom's fighting at these parties. And I got to tell on myself right here, I lived with my sister when I was doing drugs for a little bit, and she was an alcohol an alcoholic while she was raising my nephew, her son. That was a sad scene to see, an alcoholic mother. She was a functioning alcoholic. She could work her job, uh, you know, fine, sober, but then she would be drunk from the moment she got off work till she went to bed and passed out. Don't be that way. And I still pray for my sister's salvation even on a day like today. So don't get drunk on wine. Get filled with the Spirit. And then sing. Look at this. Look at this. Sing to each other songs. Who do you know that be singing you songs? Mothers. I love this. Mothers sing us songs. And you might say, like as a dude, man, I'm so macho. I'm glad it's not Father's Day and you're telling us to sing each other songs, you know. What do you do at the ball game when it's whatever the inning stretch and they go, take me out to the... You'll see all these dudes who don't sing will get up and sing to each other because they love to sing. So it's just what song do you like to sing, right? You all sing to each other, okay? Let's just be honest, dudes. I'm as doodly as a dude gets. And now watch this. Brandon, a great singer in our church, got married a, a few weeks ago. My wife and I were there. That was part of the reason why we were on vacation. I was visit them. And he called me up with, that, with his then uh, uh, fiance. And he said a very sad story. They found something that was very large mass in her body. And it's either a cyst or it's cancer. But we don't know. We've got to take more tests. And he, you know, he's about ready to get married. It's a week from the wedding. He calls me up. He's weeping. You know what God told me to do? To sing a song to him. I said, brother, I want to sing a song to you right over the phone. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. I sung him that song over the phone. Tears came down his eyes again, and he said, Brother, the moment I heard about what was going on in Alyssa's life, I went to my piano in the house, and the first song I sang was Great is Thy Faithfulness. He said, Brother, thank you for singing that to me. So listen, I don't, you don't have more muscles than this, do you? Because I got a lot of muscles, and I still sing songs to other dudes. Okay, now, moving on. But I love it when mothers sing songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, and that includes our mothers in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can we give it up for God's Word today? Amen. Amen. We love our mothers. I hope that uh, encourages you today. Now look at your neighbor and say, that was just the introduction. The sermon is now coming. Those of you who are new, that was just the introduction. Now there's a sermon to be had. Thankfully, the sermons are not as long as the introduction, so relax, moms, because I don't want you getting mad at me, okay? You're going to have a good time. 
But when we look today at our passage, folly versus wisdom, what we're looking at is really what Paul is laying out for us, that the days are evil and we need to be good, that people are foolish, we need to be wise, and that some people don't listen to what God has to say and others do. And so we need to be the ones that make the choice to live for Jesus. Now, I don't have time to read all of the scriptures, but I wanted to show you how we can be foolish in life, and sometimes we can be deceived into being foolish because foolishness doesn't always appear with somebody wearing like a jester's hat or looks like a joker in a play, uh, a card deck that you play with, or the devil doesn't come with, you know, horns and pitchforks. Uh, oftentimes, folly and sin, it comes in a way that we would think is acceptable. Let me just give you an example. You may hear this today in our culture. It's not the smartest thing to do to get married until you first live together with the person. Because how are you going to know if you get along? So wait to get married and live together first. How many have either seen that or heard that? Yeah, by, by people's actions, right? They're actually believing it's better to live together first and then get married than to do it God's way. But guess what? Statistics actually tell us that those who do that and then get married, their divorce rates are higher than those who wait to move in together after marriage. Why do I think that is? Is because once you're used to being in living relationships, being intimate, and then breaking it off, the piece of paper called a marriage certificate is not going to make you want to stick with that person now that you're married. And so if you've always learned that I can have sex and then I can leave this person at some point, then marriage won't change that mentality. That's why I always tell women, start with you. Look at your man and say, no ringy, no dingy, and you'll look at how fast that dude wants to change and get married. Because you come the right way with him. Because I got ladies telling me all the time, well, my dude, he's not into marriage. He doesn't want to do that. You tell him there's no more sex until you get married and see how much he's into marriage. See how much he's into marriage. And then if he leaves you, praise God for it. Have a celebration. Have a celebration because that one wasn't for you. So do it right. Well, that's, that's wisdom of the world, quote, unquote, wisdom. That's really foolishness. What's another way that appears that way? Well, this kind of self-help talk. You see a lot of the videos on Facebook. A lot of it's, you know, do good for yourself, positive mental attitude, all of these things. Well, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says deny yourself. But yet the world tells you to exalt yourself. And here's what we've become. Look at your own friends if you don't believe me. We've become the most self-centered, narcissistic generation ever, and yet we're the most unhappiest. You don't see that true? You tell me who your friends are. Let me hang out with them one lunch and let me help you discern. Because I sit down with people all the time. They talk about themselves. They talk about themselves. And then at the end of the day, I ask them, are you really happy with yourself? And they say they're not. That's why they have to hide behind their technology the whole time. They can't stop looking at this because they can't have a, a moment of peace within themselves. That's why they can't be alone. They have to go from one relationship to a next relationship to a next relationship. That's why they become workaholics. I understand we work hard, don't get me wrong, but people hide behind their job and doing all those things just so they don't have to go home to an empty house or to a family that they don't really connect with anymore. And the truth about it is, is God's wisdom works, amen? So be wise, don't be a fool. Wherever the Bible contradicts the world's wisdom, choose the Bible, amen? Come on, somebody say amen. Amen, let me give you these seven things that are of folly, and then I'll let you read the scriptures on your own. Uh, number one, to disbelieve in God is folly. The Bible says a fool says in his heart there's no God. Don't do that. You didn't come from the goo through the zoo to you. Evolution does not explain your human makeup. I understand that there are smart scientists that say that it does, but I believe there's other scientists, the, I believe the other ones who say it doesn't. One of the smartest scientists right now, he's one of the most top 10 quoted. He works for Rice University. He has over 120 patents in chemical engineering and chemical biology. He's published over 600 papers. He says evolution is a myth for grown-ups because he works with it in the chemical, biological level. And he says there's nothing here that explains that life came from non-living things or that we came from nothing. There's nothing here. As a matter of fact, he says the, he became a Christian in college. He said the more he studied the Word of God and trusted God, the more he could see design in everything from the chemical makeup to the stars in the sky, whether it's a microscope or a telescope. Don't fall for that trap of the enemy. Painful things may happen in life. You may think God's not there, but God is there. 
there and painful things matter to him. Bring those pains to God. Another thing that's foolish is to disobey God's commands. So we shouldn't try to change God's commands to our culture. We should stand on what the truth of God's word is. Look at what it says in Proverbs 10.8. The wise in heart accept commands, but a chattering fool comes to ruin. Okay? So let's just make it real plain. If you don't accept God's commands and the next thing out of your mouth is something like a but or this is what I think, how does God perceive you as a chattering? Oh, y'all get quiet now. Y'all get quiet in church. Okay, let's go through it again. The wise in heart hear a command of the scripture and go, amen. The one who doesn't starts to chatter. The Bible says they are a chattering fool and they come to ruin every time. Now, Mr. now, thankfully, God's like Mr. T, and Mr. T said, what about the fool? I pity the fool. Amen. God is gracious to fools even. Talking about parents and, and mothers today, a fool disobeys their parents. A fool spurns a parent's discipline, but whoever heeds correction shows prudence. The Bible says that hypocrites and those who act in hypocrisy, it's folly. Because think about it. God already knows what you've done. He knows who you are. Why would you put on a mask here for what, an hour, two hours a week? Why would you even do that? It doesn't even make sense. So be real with who you are. Uh, to reject the authority of the church is foolishness. Now, this may uh, be a little controversial, but look at Proverbs 28:26. It says, those who trust in themselves are... Well, I only trust myself. I don't trust that pastor. Those who trust in themselves are. I don't trust you because you may be lying to me. I only trust what I can see. Those who trust in themselves are fools, but those who walk in wisdom are kept safe. Is it true that pastors can let you down? Absolutely. Is it true that I will name the pastors in this city when they let you down? Yes, I will. Uh, yes, I will. Okay, but... Does that not mean that every pastor, does it mean every pastor is going to let you down? No. Think about this as parents. Do parents sometimes make mistakes? Oh, yeah. Uh, I should have known this was a mistake when my mother said this to me. I'm going to try cutting your hair today. I should have known that was a mistake. I should have started running as fast as I can, as fast as I could when I heard this preface. And if I cut you, I'll buy you gifts for every time I cut you. That's literally how the conversation went. I'm going to try to cut your hair today, and as many times as I cut you, I'll buy you a toy. Needless to say, you can quote me on this. I'm not for sure, but we can talk to my mom. I think I had three toys that day because she cut me three different times with the scissors. Okay, but does that mean my mom doesn't love me? No, it was an honest mistake. So you become a part of a church that you can trust. How do you know to trust people? You trust them until they give you a reason not to trust them. So you come to a church like this, seems organized, seems like, oh, there's some pretty sharp people up here, men and women serving God. Okay, trust us until we give you a reason not to trust us. You can go to our website. We're one of the most thorough churches in the city with our books and materials online. I have over a 1,000 uh, blog entries online from what we believe to all of these sermons. Go and investigate. And if you find any questions, you can work through it. But for the most part, this is what I ask us to do. Walk among the wise, as another proverb says, and gain wisdom. Embrace people around you that you can trust. I could keep you here all day. There were times I had to trust my mom when I didn't know what to do. I had to learn to trust pastors when I didn't know what to do the same way. Now, that's why some churches try to start saying, call them father and, you know, and all this. No, we're not going to lord authority over you. We're just saying, will you trust us? That's what the Bible says anyway. Does anybody believe the Bible? Amen. Amen. Uh, how about this? It's folly to keep repeating the same mistake over and over again. Proverbs 26, 11 says, as a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. Aren't you happy for mothers that were patient with us when we kept pooping on ourselves to teach us how to be potty trained? But how many are glad the neighbor next to you is still not getting potty training lessons? Right? There's a time when you get it. And moms teach us this. So moms teach us patience in the process of learning. But it gets to a point where the mom has to say, enough's enough. And I've seen Nancy do that. No more diapers. If you do it, you're doing it on yourself now until you don't like the way it feels. And I'll have to clean you, but you're going to eventually stop doing it. And then dad comes along and says, I'll give you a treat for every time you do it. And so you may be in my house one day, because I always have a child being potty trained, right? So you may 
may come in my house one day and you may hear, woo, a bunch of shouting people running with candy. What just happened? Somebody went to the bathroom. And we're just, it's a party in our house. Because when you have five, come on somebody, it becomes a big deal about being potty trained. Well, that's what God teaches us. The righteous person may fall seven times, but they get up. They don't keep falling and abusing the grace of God. The Bible says the one who has the mentality that way, come on, let's get real. This is God talking to us. The one who thinks, well, I'll keep making mistakes because God will keep forgiving me. Nobody's perfect. The Bible says is as a what? Dog returns to its vomit. So the person who thinks I'll keep sinning because God's cool with sin is like a what? Dog that returns to its vomit. Don't be like a dog. Be a man or woman of God. Be a king's kids. Amen. And then lastly, a fool re rejects the plan of God for their life. Proverbs 18:2 says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. Has anybody found somebody on Facebook like this yet? They don't delight in understanding anything you've got to say, but they just want to keep airing their opinion, and then they get upset when you block them. <laughs> I'm getting free. I don't know about you, but I will set all y'all free from Facebook right now. Let me just tell you this. Put your face more in his book than you do in Facebook, and God will bless you. And if people cause mess, just let them go. When I block people, I literally have that song in my mind. Let it go. Let it go. I'm unfriending you. I won't think about you no more. I'm serious. I don't have time to fight with you on Facebook. I don't have time. And just in person too, right? Like we're going to help you understand stuff. But if you find no pleasure in understanding, but you just want to keep telling me your opinion, I, I don't have time for that. What's an example of an opinion? Example of an opinion is, do I tuck in the shirt today for Mother's Day, or do I leave it hanging out? Mama says tuck it in, I'm going to tuck it in, right? That's an opinion, right? So another woman to her husband may be like, untuck it, I like it when it's untucked, whatever, right? The, the opinion changes per person. That's what opinions are. They're like armpits. We, both, we all have two of them. Most of the time, they generally stink, right? That's opinions, but is the scripture an opinion about how to have a happy home and a marriage and children obeying your parents? Is it 10 opinions written on the tablets of stone that God gave Moses? Here's 10 opinions. Here's 10 suggestions. No, so we should delight ourselves in understanding, not just airing our own opinions. So in closing, what's the opposite of those things? Well, don't disbelieve in God. Believe in God. Don't break God's commands. Keep God's commands. Don't disobey your parents. Obey your parents. Don't be proud and act like you know it all. Be humble and be honest, not a hypocrite. And then be under godly authority in the church. If this is your church, we love you. You know, as you see, what we do here is always to uplift the people of our church. The, the, just to give you an example, last week that just passed, there was over 200 people involved in the life groups and the youth ministry. Let me just tell you, just so we can just boast of what God is doing here. 78 people came out for our Wednesday Kings kids. 61 came to our youth group. 25 came to the squad, 24 came to the gathering home Bible study, and 15 then came to the, uh, the, the disciples' den. You add that all up, that's almost 200 people last week sharing life together from children to teenagers to adults in home Bible studies. That's what I believe is important because that's what it says. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life. Imitate their faith. Have confidence in your leaders. Submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden for that would be of no benefit to you. When you find a good church, stick with it. Amen. And then learn from your mistakes. And lastly, let's discover what the will of the Lord is. And I'll tie this into mothers in closing. I had the privilege of my mother leading me to the Lord. I was a backslider. I was out doing drugs. She had kicked me out the house, and that was the right thing to do. I was a violent, drug-using teenager, breaking the law. And she said, it's time for you to go. My 18th birthday, as a gift to me, she gave me the car keys, gas money, and she said, you're gone. That's a Christian mom for you. I don't know how some of y'all think about that, but that's real. And that was, that's the best thing she could have did for me. I always say it. My mom loved me enough to kick me out of her house. But it was also my mom who kept praying for me. She actually wrote down words in her journal for me before I was a Christian. 
And when I needed someone to pray for me when I was losing my mind, it was my mom and at the kitchen table I accepted Christ. And that was November 5th, 1995. Amen. And if there's anything that I want for my mom, whenever it's time for her to pass, she's in her 70s now, it's the journals she wrote. Because she had things in that journal that went back years that I still hold to today that were promises God gave her. And that was the relationship I had with my mom. But then there became a time where I had to go away to Bible college. And, and believe it or not, I was a high school dropout, runaway from 15. Three of my arrests were for runaways. Lived on my own from, you know, around that time. And like I said, 18, got kicked out. Even lived here with my sister for a while. But you would not have known that. The day I left my home for Bible college, I was weeping like a baby. Because my mom and my parents were just such examples to me. They were leaders to me. And I had to learn to have the faith of my mother and to follow this scripture. Ask and it will be given to you. I had to learn to go to directly to God for my issues. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open. For whoever uh, asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. So mothers, I want to encourage you to show your children the pathway of faith. And all parents here. And then not only if you're a parent or not, but all of us in this culture, let us show people that we know how to receive and do the will of God. Amen? Because we're going to be wise in this world, not fools. If you believe it, would you stand up and can you give God a great big hand clap of praise? Come on, let's thank Him today for our mothers. Let's thank Him today for the Word. Come on, Jesus. Somebody say, I'm going to be wise. Amen. Altar workers and band, would you come please? I want you to see what John Wesley said. John Wesley had one of the best moms recorded in church history. She had over a dozen children. Many of them she lost because of stillbirth or infant diseases, but she was an amazing mom. She raised her children in the ways of the Lord to memorize Scripture, to be awesome men and women of God. One of her techniques, because, you know, they used to live in like little colonial homes back then, you know, with 20 people, 20, you know, some of them had 16 children. She said, I'm going to pray, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to put the apron over my head. So some moms, you might have to do this. She put the apron over her head and said, whenever you see mama praying with the apron, leave her alone. That was her praying time. Susanna Wesley. But she taught her children the Christian faith. And John Wesley grew up to be one of the most awesome men of God. He founded the Methodist movement discipled over 100,000 people. A lot of the things I do here is from his example. Listen to what he said and see if this is advice we could hear from a good parent, a mother or father, or something that we would all put into our lives. Do all the goods you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, of all, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. You all want to do that? I can hear my parents saying that to me. I hope mothers, we say that to our children. Do the good. Do all the good you can wherever you can. Just simplify it, right? Do all the good you can wherever you can. Be an outstanding example of a Christian. And if we stumble and fall, ask God to forgive us. But let us be known for children of wisdom, not folly. Let's pray. Father, thank you today for bringing us on a wonderful Mother's Day to be encouraged by your word. Once again, I bless every mother here, and I pray that you will be with them today. And those who may be missing their moms or grew up in tough families, be with them even more so, God, that they may know that you can use whatever situation they've gone through for good today. And now, Lord, with every head bowed and eyes closed, if you came here and you don't know Jesus, would you just ask Jesus into your heart? Repent of your sins. Say, Lord, I want to be born again. Confess Him as the Lord of your life. All you have to do is say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for the folly, the foolishness I've done. For those of you here who are Christians, would you look at your life and see if there's any foolish ways? If there are, would you repent of them now and say, God, make me wise. For the days are evil, Lord. I want to live good, righteous, and holy. Lord, I want to know your will for my life. Everybody should be praying right now, whether it's just coming to Jesus for the first time or Christians asking the Lord to lead them out of folly. Let's pray as we get ready to go in the next few moments. Wisdom. Wisdom, O oh God. May we pass it down to our families. Share it with our communities. May people see the light in us, O oh God, that we are truly yours. Now before we go, 
Would you think of three places you can be an example of God's wisdom right now and ask Him to bless you in those places? Mother, start with your family. Father, start with your family. Then work your way through your job. Children, start with your parents. Then go to your school. In your mind right now, three places where you want God to give you wisdom to be an example right now. God, use us. Use us. God, use me and my family. Use me with my wife and my children. Use me, God, in my community, with my neighbors, in this church, everywhere we go. Lord, you said if we do this, we will make a difference in this world. We will make a difference in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we give it up for Jesus one more time? It's all about him. Hallelujah. We love you, God. Amen. Slap your neighbor high five and say, be wise. God bless you. Thank you for coming on Mother's Day. If you need prayer, come up to one of our prayer workers. Otherwise, get those uh, photos on your way out. God bless you. We're going to sing some songs if you want to worship as well. You're more than welcome to stay. God bless you, mothers. Be wise. Be wise today. Any prayer requests, we would love to pray with you before you go. We love you and we love to pray for you. Thank you again for coming. No high, no death can separate. Not death. Come on. Or anything I've done. Nothing I've done can separate me. From your love. One more time, no high, no death. As we sing out this bridge after party, let's go for broke on this. On the cross, he said it's finished. There's a new life. There's a new destiny. Hallelujah. All of us today can see what God wants us to experience in life. All of our sins are washed away. We're made new in Christ. I pray that blessing over mothers and fathers today over our city today over every family today oh your sins are paid for it's finished you don't have to live in regret there's a new life there's a new home there's a new city waiting for us come on sing it out one more time one more time on the cross yes lord Those who are praying and worshiping, please continue. But those in the after party that can hear me, I thought I would read that scripture where Jesus shows the feminine side of God's love in Matthew 23, 37. After the Jewish people had rejected him over and over and over again, you can hear the heart of our Jesus with the heart of a mother's love. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together 
as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I want to say this as we get ready to transition. Those who are praying and worshiping, please feel free to do so. But there is no sin you can do to outsin God's love. He literally wants you to see him today as a mother hen that is reaching out to you over and over and over again. I mean, if you guys want, we could sing Reckless Love. I mean, it's up to you. We go there or karaoke. It's up to you. I don't want no pressure, baby. I don't want, I want you to get mad at me, you know? Come on. Like, how could he say no, right? You feeling it? Adam, you feeling it? Come on, let's sing Reckless Love then. Those who are worshiping and praying, let's do this together. Because I feel it symbolizes this kind of love. Because if not, I was just going to read the lyrics of that song. That God does whatever it takes, including the greatest act of love, the cross, to reach us, to love us, just like a mother would. And if He's given Himself on the cross, how much more will He give to us all that we need? Before I spoke, Jesus. Before I spoke a word, you singing over me. It sounds like a mother's love today. You've been so, so good to me. You've been so good. Hallelujah. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. Yes, you have. You've been so, so kind. Yes, you have. You've been so good to us, God. Because all the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love. God, and so it chases me down, fights till I fall, leads to nine. I couldn't turn it, I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away, and love over. Shadow, you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. Lie, you won't tear down. Coming after me. There's no wall you won't light up. Mountain, you won't climb up. Coming after me. All you won't break down, lie you won't tear down, Still shall you won't light up, mountain won't climb up, coming after me. So all you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. So shadow you won't light up, mount you won't climb up, coming after me. So all you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. All the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. So it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves and night and I couldn't turn it, I don't deserve it. Soon you give yourself away. All the overwhelming, never ending, reckless love. Oh, see it again, all the overwhelming.
I see this room is still full. I want to encourage you to be not only in your family this example, but to this generation. We need spiritual mothers and fathers to bring back the things of God, to raise up children of Zion. I heard a pastor say, and I relate to this, in the 80s and 90s there, was, there were great moves of God and people used to come to church expecting to receive miracles and Pentecostals were known for their shouts and their dances. He said, but over time we tried to be too much like the world and now this generation has grown up without that example of what it used to be like to weep at the altars, to see cigarettes and drugs stomped on at the altars when people would get free, to see demons cast out and all of those things. And I said to myself, I agree with that, so what's the solution? And I feel that the Lord is telling us the solution is raising up a new generation of mothers and fathers, a new generation in the 2000s where we can see a move of God where our children will talk about what they saw in these services and what they saw in our Bible studies and what they saw in our lives. So as we sing it one more time, the overwhelming, reckless love of God, would you sing it for a generation? No matter who you are now, be a spiritual mother or father and sing it over a generation. Come on, I want them to experience it. I want them to experience it on Belmont and Clark. I want the hardworking businessman downtown to experience it. I want those in entertainment and in the media to experience it. I want the young people in the schools to experience it. Those from other religions. We want them to experience this love. You give yourself away. One more time. One more time. Sing it out for a generation. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending. Yes, Lord, at Pepper Construction this week, on our jobs, oh, Lord, in the hospital, God, at the non-for-profits, at the security places, with the IT jobs, God, in the junior highs, God, in the engineering places, God. Give yourself away. Oh, the I'm going to ask that one of our new mothers would close out this after party, though we'll keep praying. We'll just dismiss the band, though. But uh, Ashley, you're one of our newer mothers. You brought your mother here today. We just pray whatever's in your heart. Yes, Lord. Thank you so much for this time, for us being here. And we know that is such a time as this, that we have been placed here, God, that you placed a purpose inside of all our hearts here today. And we call for the people in this room to look towards that purpose, to look for what God has called you to do. Now we keep singing the song that we don't deserve the love, saying, how do we get it? But that doesn't mean that we don't have the love of God. He knows your name. He calls you by name. He knits you in your mother's womb and he gave you that purpose, that call on your life. Stop being afraid and go forward today because he is with you and he is leading you. Jesus, we call on you to walk with us every day and we will listen. We will listen, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. You may still continue to pray and hang out. We're just going to dismiss the band. God bless you. Thanks again for coming, mothers. Have a great day. The photos are still being taken, too, especially for the band. Good to see Rudy's mom here, by the way. That's awesome.